Well, good morning and welcome to The Grove. We are so glad that you are with us today. My name is Stephen and I am one of the pastors here. And I don't want us to take it for granted how special it is, what a gift it is that we have so many kids in this church, so much life. It's really unique to have ages from the very youngest to the very most seasoned in this church, and we are so glad that we have all ages, and it's really special that we get to have the kids in service this morning. Now, what we've been talking about this morning is something that's, I think, at the very core of the story of Scripture. If you could kind of distill everything in the Bible down to kind of one idea, one idea is this, and so if you're getting ready to like count the light bulbs in the ceiling, this is the idea. God wants to bless the whole world. And he uses us to do it. That's the story. Time and time again, what we see is God attempting to try to bless people and using different methods and different groups of people to try to accomplish this blessing. And so the story that Allie told the kids starts in the very beginning pages of Scripture. What it says in the first chapter of Genesis is God created mankind. And the first words that God speaks to humanity He says, be blessed. That's the idea. That's his intent. That's his desire is that all of humanity would be blessed. Now, what ends up happening in the following pages is we, humanity, we have this inclination to pursue blessing, to pursue abundance, to pursue prosperity and health and life and all of the good things in the world. We have this inclination and propensity to pursue those things and seek after those things and try to acquire those things on our own without help from God, without trusting and relying on being patient for God's blessings to come. And this is what we see happening in kind of the following chapters in the book of Genesis that begins to tell the story of humanity is kind of chapters 3 through 11, what we see is the effects of what happens when we try to achieve blessing on our own. And it culminates in this city called Babylon with this tower where humanity has been convinced and convinces themselves that they don't need God anymore, that they can build a tower to the heavens and they can gain access to all of the blessing in the world on their own. And then it's in this moment that God decides to do something different. You see, up until this point, because we have desired to try to acquire blessing on our own, what humans started to learn very quickly is that it was actually easier when you worked as a team, when you worked in groups. And so what you saw happen in the early periods of civilization is humanity would organize and gather themselves in you know, what we would call tribes nowadays. And modern-day sociologists have identified that there's kind of some critical threshold around 150 people that society can group in without it being too large and too complicated. And what we saw for the thousands of years at the beginning of history is these tribes roaming around the beginning of the world. And in a tribe, when you're born into a tribe, you can imagine that it's your entire identity. You work and live to function as a part of this larger whole, as a part of this tribe. Everything about your life is oriented towards helping the tribe achieve you know, its own blessings, its own security on its own. And so you live and act according to the values of the tribe. You don't do things that are different than what the tribe wants you to do because if you did that, if you violated some rules or you violated the conditions or the values of what it meant to be a part of this tribe, 
what you risked was being exiled from that tribe. And life back then was very difficult and very hard, very uncertain and very dangerous. And so your tribe was your sense of identity. It was your sense of security. Everything happened and operated within the confines and the context of your tribe. Now, what we know about some of these early tribes that they had these gods and goddesses that they believed were kind of in favor of and working for their tribe. And so as these tribes would kind of bump into each other and come into conflict with each other, what you would see happen is as they fought over resources in abundance, what would happen is it wasn't just groups of people doing battle and war with each other, but it was gods fighting each other. And if one tribe defeated another tribe, it was because their god was more superior than the other tribe. And the desires of these tribes' gods and goddesses was to conquer and to defeat and to kill and to destroy, to take advantage of all of the other tribes so that they could hoard resources, that they could gain access to blessing and abundance in their own life. And so what you see happening in the pages of Scripture is some of the effects of this. In the story of David and Goliath, this is some of the things, the themes that you see playing out. This is one of the things that's kind of in the subtext of this story is David, David and the Israelites fighting against Goliath and the Philistines and whose God is greater. Now, what you see happening as you live and operate in these tribes is when you defeat another tribe, you can't risk that one day they'll regain strength and come back and defeat you. And so what you would see happen is when one tribe would defeat another, they would kill all of the men, sometimes all of the women and children, take all of the livestock, all of the resources for themselves. We would call this spoils of war. They would try to completely eradicate this other tribe off the face of the earth. Why? Because if they were allowed to live... They were a threat, and the way that you could guarantee greater security for your tribe was to kill and defeat all of the other tribes. If you've ever played the game Risk, it's the same idea, just with little plastic figurines. This is what's happening, but in real life. And so life at this time period was hard, and it was dangerous, and it was difficult. And we had all of these tribes trying to figure out how they gain access to blessing on their own. And like I said, it culminates in the story in Babylon where these tribes have grown so large that they've organized now into cities and they've gained this technology that they think is going to allow them to be godlike. And so you can imagine if you're a smaller tribe and another tribe develops new technology, they become an even greater threat. And so in the midst of all of this chaos and in the midst of all of this warring and uncertainty, God decides to do something different with a brand new tribe. And this is what happens when God calls Abraham, who at the time of this story is called Abram. And so in the 12th chapter of the book of Genesis, this is what God says to Abram. He said, go from your country and from your kindred and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. Now take everything that I've just said about tribes into consideration here. God is asking Abram to do the one thing that you didn't do to leave your tribe, to leave your people, to leave the safety, the security, the certainty of this group of people who was all working together to try to secure provision and abundance and blessing for their own. God says, I want you to walk away from all of it to a new land, 
Where? Well, I'm going to show you. Well, when? I'm not going to tell you. So this is kind of this big ask that God is asking Abram to go on. It's this new adventure into a world that's unknown, that's uncertain. It's a risk. And he says, I want you to leave everything that you've known and step into this new place, away from your comfort zone, away from the safety and the security of your friends, your routine, your job, your day-to-day life, into an unknown future that I'll let you know about once you get there. And then he begins to tell him what's going to happen as he does this. And he says, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And then he ends with this. He says, I will bless those who bless you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now we read this, and if you have any background in church, it's familiar, it's known, it's expected. But what Abram was being asked to do by God was to do something that nobody had ever considered doing was to develop a new tribe, a new group of people with a sense of calling that was vastly different than all of the other tribes that had existed before. The goal of this tribe was not to try to secure blessing for themselves. The goal of this tribe was to be a blessing for all of the other tribes. And at the time, you can imagine how foolish of an idea this sounded. Wait, you're going to ask us to risk ourselves, to expose ourselves, to put us in a precarious position because We have to be kind to those who want to do us harm. We have to share with those when there's not enough to go around. God, what are you asking us to do? And God's saying, I want to start something totally new in the world. And the way that I'm going to do it is through you, through a group of people who's going to have a different identity, a different calling, a different expectation placed upon their lives. The way that in which you would live your life was not about focusing on how you could acquire and secure resources for yourself and for those in your tribe, but how you could recognize all that you already have and allow it to bless other people. And you could imagine this idea took a while to catch on. You could argue that it's still taking a while to catch on. You can understand that when Jesus references this idea and references this calling, what he does is he's reminding people of this original ask that God makes to Abram, to this group of people. This group of people goes on to become a family, which goes on to become a tribe, which goes on to become the nation and the people of Israel. And then in the New Testament, what we see is this family, this nation, this tribe becomes expanded to be encompassing of all of God's people, whether they were Jewish or Gentile. This is why In Paul's letter to the Galatians, he talks about what happened in this moment. And he talks about God's promise to Abram and his expectation to be a blessing. And he calls it, this is what he calls it, this is cool. He calls it the gospel given in advance. We still think of the gospel as something that relates to Jesus Christ and his life and death and resurrection. But what Paul says is, no, no, what Jesus did is just a continuation of what God had tried to do from the very beginning. The point of all of this, the whole story of Scripture, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, this promise to Abram, the work that we have to do today, is that God desires to bless people, all people. But he's chosen to enlist human agents to accomplish that blessing. He asks us to be that blessing, to take 
inventory and stock of all that we have, to not focus on what we lack, to not focus on how we can acquire more for our own security, for our own kind of life and benefit, but to leverage what we have, to leverage our lives for the blessing of other people. This is why, as a church, we're committed to things like Serve Sunday. We recognize that it can't just be about us gathering in this room and talking about how God wants to do things in our life. It's a bigger story than that. It's not about just us receiving, but it's about us participating in the blessing that God is trying to do in the world. And so as we get ready to celebrate communion, we are reminded that as we come forward and we receive that bread and that juice, This is another way that God is blessing us to strengthen and equip us to go out and to serve this original calling, this original identity and mission and purpose in the world. It's not just about you and securing your own life. It's about how do you use your life to bless others. Let me pray for us and then bring Allie and the band out to lead us through sacrament of communion. Let's pray. Gracious God, As you remind us of our original calling and this original story, help us to see ourselves in the pages of Scripture. Help us to see ourselves as a part of a lineage of ways that you were trying to work in the life of your people to bless the entire world. God, help us to let go of our doubts, our disbeliefs, our fears and insecurities and anxieties about making sure that we have everything that we want and learning to look at our life through a new lens, the lens of your desire to bless the whole world through us. And give us the courage to accept the invitation and to join you. God, we pray this in your name. Amen.